0: I love the Lord Jesus, and I know he's doing something in my and Allison's life. I know he's doing something in our life, and man, I'm so thankful for Freedom Word Church because we were sent here. We were sent here to be a part of this family, and so were you. All of you out there, you were sent here to be a part of this family, and I've never experienced the presence of the Lord like I have in this church. I've never experienced time and time again, he just shows up. And I'm so thankful for that. But today I, ju- I just want to give the Lord glory and honor. And I, I know I'll do that because that's, that's my heart. And I know he's going to honor that because that's my heart. So I come in the name of Jesus to give him glory glory. And honor today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to open with the scripture, and then we'll pray. Uh, Romans 1, 16 through seventeen. You know what? Before I do that, I need to need to give some accolades. I, I do want to say that I am so thankful for the ministers in this building. I, I don't know any other church that a pastor can go away for a couple of weeks. And you just have a rotation of ministers that are gonna gonna speak. And those ministers out there that haven't even taken the platform. I mean, Brother Nick, I'm telling you, I about threw my shoe at you a while ago. There's such a storehouse, but the Lord has brought a group together. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for the pastors who lead us and who open, even when they're not gone, they open their pulpit because he's into developing leaders and discipling the next generation of leaders, but man, Brother Doug and Mrs. Regina, I appreciate you guys so much, you know, if you don't know, because I know what, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of uh, newness in the last year, a lot of you guys are new, Uh, there's prayer before every service, so 30 minutes before every service, so 9.30 on Sundays, and then 6.30 on Wednesdays, they lead prayer, and Every time I go to do announcements, and for like the last month, I've been meaning to mention it, and I haven't. So here, here it is. But a lot that goes on here the, is because of what goes on in there. And they're so diligent, and man, they're prayer warriors. But they came, and they prayed with me before service. And, you know, Brother Doug said, Matt, you pray. And it wasn't an eloquent prayer. Like, after I got done praying, it just didn't feel eloquent. But I know what they carry with them. Like, they left the room, and I had the power of God like, it, it was just the anointing, the residue was just on me. And as soon as they left the room, I was like, ba, de, stada, de, 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 de. and there was just a power and a strength. So if you don't have anything to do, I know we've got discipleship classes that are going on on Sunday morning, uh, but if you're not going to the discipleship class, get here 30 minutes early. Go be a part of that, that prayer. Um, there's so much power in that. And same thing with Wednesday nights, but I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. I look up to you guys, um, and I look forward to seeing you guys every single service. Uh, brother Jason Green and Mrs. Dina Green. Man, Jason threw some meat out last Sunday. I mean, it was a strong word. That was not milk coming from the pulpit last week. That was, that was meat. So if you missed it, go back and watch it. Uh, if you saw it, you probably still need to go back and watch it because there's a lot to chew on there. So I know they're not here today. They're, they're away celebrating their anniversary. Uh, so happy 25th anniversary to the green couple. Maybe they're watching uh, live stream. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you can clap for that. But again, another powerful minister in the building. And then who was here Wednesday for Mr. Derek Darden? I'm still chewing on that. I text him. I was like, man, brother, I'm still, I'm still chewing on what you put out and just what the Lord brought through him. Um, and then you've got me this morning. I'm the, I'm the loud and rambunctious one. Um, there's somebody coming on Wednesday, though. He might give me a run for my money, brother. Kevin Smith, who, again, sir, I appreciate you. I look up to you. You were such a strong teacher. You were such a strong part of this body. So I did want to take a... Yes, please. And there's ministers, like I said, there's minister. brother Taylor Clark and his family. He's not here today because he's off ministering at another location. And if you haven't heard Taylor speak, I highly encourage it. He's going to do some discipleship classes. But again, another strong minister in the house. Brother Nick Martinez, I'm going to forget somebody, so I'll stop here. But I just want to say I appreciate the ministers and everyone that God has brought into this building. Um, there's a strong group of ministers in this building, and I am thankful for that. Okay. I said it. That's what I wanted to say, and I, I try to get ahead of myself. All right, now we're going to go to Romans 1, 16 through 17. I give Melanie plenty of time to get there. Praise the Lord. All right, uh, Romans 1, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Father, we love you this morning. Lord, I come to do your will. So, Father, I yield myself to you right now, Lord. My mouth is your mouth My faculties are your faculties right now. Holy Spirit, I trust you in this moment that you will bring forth what is necessary in this moment, what is needed in this moment, you will bring forth. Lord, I thank you that we have eyes to see and ears to hear this morning, Lord. And Lord, as we sit here under your word, we sit full of faith, knowing that's the only way that we can please you, and that is the only way that we can receive from you. Thank you for gracing us today, Lord. And we love you. And it's in Jesus' matchless name that we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. The title of today is the covenant of the righteous. Before we get to righteous, there's a couple of things I want to discuss before we get there, though. There are two spiritual forces that the enemy fights to keep men blinded to. There are two spiritual forces that our creator has created That the enemy works day and night. He works so hard to keep men deceived, to keep men blinded. He twists it, these spiritual forces, so we are unaware. Or maybe he even twists it to a point that we do not receive it because we say, that's not for us. Those two spiritual forces are the love of God and then the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus. So I want to talk about righteousness this morning, but I felt like I could not sidestep the love of God before I get there. And these two spiritual forces that the enemy works so hard, by the way, he's defeated. He's defeated. But he works really hard to deceive on these two spiritual forces because these are the two strongest forces that give you confidence toward, toward your God. The love of God And knowing your place in Christ, the righteousness in Christ Jesus that you stand in. Those are the two strongest spiritual forces that are going to give you confidence to an almighty God that you can trust him. So let's talk about love really quick. I want to look at um, Ephesians 3. And uh, if you don't have this, I highly recommend next time Mark Hankins is in town, this bookmark. Uh, Mark Hankins talked about, uh, he calls him Dad Hagen, uh, Kenneth Hagen Sr., uh, that he told them that if they pray the Ephesians 1 prayer and the Ephesians 3 prayer for six months straight, do not miss a day, but be committed to praying that every single day, he said their lives will be changed forever. So if you don't have this, next time Mark hangs in his town, it's always out on there. You can actually go to uh, MHM, I think, as well, and you can get one of these. Uh, but it outlines the two prayers. And so you keep it in your Bible, and it's a great reminder every day. I open it up. I've got confessions. I've got everything else, but I also have this. And in here, Ephesians 3, 17 through 19 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with, the, with all the fullness of God. Pray that for six months straight. If you ever question the love of God towards you, pray that for six months straight. Again, I'll read verse 18. It says, so that you can comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. That's of his love. You know, Paul wrote in Romans 8, uh, I think it's 38 and 39, nothing will separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And then he uses in verse 39 the same. It's, I think it's the height and the depth. That nor height nor depth can separate you from the love of God. Well, if you join it up with Ephesians 3.18 here, it's so you understand that height and that depth because you'll never, ever be separated from the love of God. John Brevere, I was watching uh, a, sh- a short video of him yesterday. Um, And I just wanted to share this when it came to the love of God. But he was sitting out on a beach, and uh, he took and he drew a square, which represented one cubic square foot of sand. And he said scientists have determined that there are 500 million grains of sand in that one cubic square foot. And then he referenced Psalm 139 that says the thoughts that God thinks about you. The thoughts that God thinks about me, the thoughts that God thinks about us is more than all the grains of sand on the earth. The thoughts that God think about. Do you not think God loves you if he's thinking about you? The thoughts. One cubic square foot of sand on a beach. 500 million grains of sand. How many beaches are there in the world? How many deserts are there in the world? How many under the ocean floor? How many grains of sand? And that's the thoughts. That God is thinking about us. He loves you. He loves you. He's thinking about you. You are always on his mind is what that means. You are always on his mind. You ever been in love? You ever been in love? That first stage of puppy love? What do you do? Every waking thought you have is about that person. And that, that, that's not the agape love that we're talking about here. The thoughts that God has toward us. I love my wife. She's gorgeous, isn't she? It's beautiful. Praise the Lord. Man, I'm a blessed man. All right. But the thoughts. I, 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 With all the love I have in my heart with her, for her. 500 million in a cubic square foot of sand. And the Lord thinks about us more than that. So I just want to encourage you this morning. If you're watching online. I just want to encourage you. God loves you. God sees you. God will never separate his love from you. Even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Greater love has no man than he who lays his life down for his brothers. There is no greater love. And I need to stand here because I can't get to righteousness and sidestep. The love And take for granted that there might be somebody in here in a position right now that you're saying, God, I don't see that you love me right now. Look into his word. Look into his word. Do not look what's going on around you. There is a holy God that created you for a purpose. That created you for such a time as this. If you don't know that, you were created for this time. For this Moment, You might look around and and lack, again, the confidence to believe that, to lack, again, going, I don't have the faculties. I don't have what it takes, Lord, to do what you're asking me to do. And you might look all around, and you're not seeing the love of God. There is nothing that's ever going to separate you from that love, and you have to understand the love. And I'm not saying I fully comprehend it. I, don't, I, I think from glory to glory as we go on, I'm going to learn more and more about how much he loves me, how much he loves us. but I just need I, I feel very strongly in my spirit right now. Somebody just needs to hear the Lord loves you. He has not taken anything away from you. He is not your call is without repentance. He has not taken away the call off of your Life. The Lord sees you, He thinks about you, He knows you, and He says, For such a time as this, I have created you. You were designed, you were built to be in this moment. You were designed, you were built to be in this moment. This little sliver of time. Think about that. All the people that have lived upon this earth. They've lived through generations, thousands of years, and the Lord designated you to be on the earth at this very moment, at this very time, and he has placed giftings, and he has placed callings into your life. So when you look around and you see a crazy world, don't look at the world. Don't look at the world. You were built to be here. You were called to be in this moment of time. So be encouraged today. The Lord loves you. There is nothing that separates him or separates his love from you. And to understand that, to know how many parents do I have in here? Do you keep your kids guessing? Do you keep your kids guessing? Do you, do you keep your kids guess? I hope not. Because you're not very good parents if that's what you do. But, you know, I have a daughter, Honor 7, and um, a son, Abel, who is 2. There is nothing that can separate my love from them. And I'm an earthly man. I'm an earthly father. There is nothing. And why is that? Because they need the confidence to be able to come to their daddy when they need me and get whatever they need from me. You know, I hear... I hear people say, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. What kind of father is that? Oh, you just don't know what you're going to get. You just don't know. You know, I can't figure them out. If I, if I treated honor and able that way, they wouldn't come to me. They would never come to me. Well, I, I don't, don't know what he's going to do today. I don't know what kind of attitude he has today. Don't get me wrong. I'm a man. Sometimes I have an attitude. They probably see that. But I love them so much. And I want them to know how much I love them, so they never shy away from coming to me with anything, whatever it is. Well, how much more is in our heavenly Father? I'm here to tell you this morning, and I've gone way down a bunny trail here, but I, this is where the Lord has taken me. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. The Lord wants to reveal Himself to you. He wants to reveal Himself to you. There is not. Yes, there's the mystery of the gospel, but he that's why Holy Spirit has come to reveal that mystery to us. but if you hear or if you believe that this morning that the word just or the Lord just works in mysterious ways, I just want to present to you that God's never going to put something in your life that Jesus redeemed you from there's no sickness, there's no calamity there's no uh there's no tragedy there's no family split there's Nothing that the Lord is going to put in your life that Jesus came to redeem you from. And so I'm not saying I understand it all. There's things I've walked through and I I, I don't understand it. But I know, just as Nick talked about our helper, Holy Spirit, I know he's going to help me figure it out. So I just say that this morning, uh, and I'm going to go back up here and get back on my outline. The Lord loves you this morning. And somebody needed to hear that, so let me go back up here, and y'all don't want to be here all day, I know, so praise the Lord. I can be long-winded, so I'm determined not to be long-winded today. Can you give me five more minutes? (laughs) That's preacher talk. That means you have an hour. (laughs) All right. That was not a graceful water drink either, sorry. All right, praise the Lord. So that's love. We covered love. The Lord loves you. It's a confidence builder. You've got to have confidence in, in the Lord. So let's look at righteousness then, because that's truly what the Lord has laid on my heart to read, so or to uh, present today. So let me read again Romans 1 and 17. It says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. For therein, wherein, the gospel of Christ that it talks about in verse 16. So for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. There's other translations that reads, for therein is the God's gift of righteousness revealed. Our righteousness is a gift this morning. Our righteousness is a gift. If you look at Romans five seventeen, it also talks about this gift. It says, for if by one man's offense, so we jump into Romans 5 here, and I'll, get, I'll give a little... A little explanation of what's going on. And this is first Adam, last Adam. You've got first Adam, you've got last Adam, who is Jesus Christ. And it says, for if one, by, one man's offense, so that's first Adam, that's Adam. So by his offense, death reign by one. Much more, they that receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. We'll go ahead and read Romans 4.25. I'm gonna give that to you and we'll stop and we'll talk about it. Romans 4.25 says, who Jesus was, sorry, it says who Jesus was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Let me read that in the amplified It says, who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds, and was raised to secure our justification, our acquittal, making our account balanced and absolving us from all guilt before God. That's good news. There's two things happening in Romans 4.25 here. It says who was delivered for our offenses. Jesus died on a cross for our sins. That's our salvation message this morning. Jesus died on a cross for our sins and there's so much of the body of Christ that wants to stop right there and that's all we're ever going to talk about and that's where we get you're a lowly sinner saved by grace because we stop right there and don't get me wrong if salvation was all that the gospel was about that is enough for me to dance like I do and run around this place a hundred million times and praise the Lord if salvation was all that was secured But you have to use the second part of this verse, and it says, and was raised again for our justification. He was raised again so that we could be made righteous this morning. You will only rise to the level of expectation. So if I only declare and I only confess that I am a lowly sinner, Saved by grace. There's probably only going to be sinning that happens in my life. If that's the bar, if that's the standard that we're going to preach and we're going to set, then that's the standard that we're going to meet. But then he goes on to say, no, Christ was raised for our justification so we could be made righteous. We can be made righteous. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 So how were we made righteous? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for he hath made him Jesus again to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You don't try to be righteous. There is no work, there is no striving to be righteous this morning. That word says that you were made righteous. You were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why is that important? That takes away all guilt, that takes away all shame. That you have the ability to come before a holy God. We just got done singing endless praise. Holy, holy, holy. He is a holy God this morning. And in Christ Jesus, you have to come and realize that you are righteous. In Jesus. You know, if you ever listen to Mark Hankins' podcast, uh, there's a song that plays at the beginning and it says, When he sees me. He sees me in him. When the Lord looks at you, Father God, Abba Father, when he looks at you, he sees Jesus this morning. I'm going to say it one more time. When Abba Father looks at you this morning, he sees Jesus. There's a law of substitution that has taken place. So if you go into Romans 5 and you read first Adam, last Adam, you can can look at the law of substitution. But he who knew no sin, he who knew no sin, the spotless Lamb of God was made sin with our sin. So what does that mean? As Jesus went to the cross, the Father saw you. He saw me. When he went to the cross, there's a substitution that took place. When Jesus went to the cross, he saw you. He saw me. When Jesus died and went to the tomb, he saw you. He saw me. We were there with him. Y'all going to make me work for this this morning. When he saw... Jesus, go to the cross and die a sinner's death. You realize a cross was not a death for royalty. It was a death for thieves, for murderers. It was a death for people who committed treason. It was a death, a sinner's death, that the spotless Lamb of God went to in your place, in my place. So when the Lord, our Father, God, saw Jesus hanging on a cross, he saw us. We can't stay there. We can't stay there. And that's why we talk about the second half of the verse because there's so many in the body that want to stay there. Oh, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. He died for my sins. Absolutely he did. Praise God for it. He died for our sins, but then He was raised to life for our justification. He was raised to life for our righteousness. So now, as you walk out this life, when the Lord looks at you, He sees Jesus. Just when He was looking at Jesus, He saw you on the cross. He saw you in the tomb. He saw you in hell, because that's where Jesus went to get the keys. Death, hell, and the grave given to us. He saw us the entire time with Jesus. And so now he sees us in Christ. We are the righteousness of God. Glory. We are the righteousness of God. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means to be the righteousness of God? There is a holy God a holy God that sin cannot exist in his presence, that we were saturated in, that we were covered in by the choices that we made. We were covered in sin. And Jesus came, and he said, my blood, the blood of Jesus, I wash you clean, I renew you, I restore you better than that. I have made you new. I have made you a new creation. I have made you a new creation creature and that's why sin consciousness does not work that's why a lowly sinner saved by grace does not work because you're only hitting a certain standard when you go there but when you say I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that's the full redemption of Jesus that's everything that he bought back and so we have to understand our righteousness in Christ When I I, I got to Talk to a discipleship class. You know, I'm going to do a couple more here soon, but um, it's, it's about in Christ, who we are in Christ. And this righteousness factor is step one. It always is. You have to know that you are the righteousness of God or none of it. You will never have faith for any of the rest of it. You will never be confident enough in God if you don't understand the righteousness that you are now standing in you get to come before a holy God to worship, to praise, to give him your all. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. There are a lot of people that have a problem with that statement. But it's the word. I just read it to you. It's the truth of the word. And now you see why the enemy... Wants to twist it. Because there's a lot There's a lot of religion out there. Who do you think you are? That's what they'll come at you with. Who do you think you are? To think that you're equal with God Almighty. Well, I'm not above my master, but aren't I like my master? Is that not the word? I'm not above my master, but didn't the word say I'm like my master? I didn't say it. My righteousness is not in my own power. Your righteousness is not in your own power. It's not by your works. It's not by what you do. It is by faith. It was graced. It was a gift. The gift of righteousness. It is a gift that the Lord Jesus went and got for us. Man, he paid the highest price that's ever been paid. He didn't go to Walmart. He didn't go to a yard sale. That's not how he redeemed us. It was not driving around on a Saturday morning just to see what kind of bargain he could get. (laughs) He died an anguishing death. Before he even died that death, he was beat. He was beat, unrecognizable, marred more than any man. He was beat. Went to the death on a cross. Died a sinner's death. Went to hell, but then was raised again. This was not driving around on a Saturday morning yard sale. He paid the highest price for us to stand before a holy God. And it's so we have confidence in our Father. You ever, not y'all, because y'all wouldn't do this. Y'all were sanctified and holy, but I'll just, I'll just say you ever. You ever talk bad about somebody behind their back? Maybe a coworker, you you bad-mouthed to the boss, or maybe you shared some information with the boss of something they did or didn't do. This is not by personal experience. <laughs> you ever hit something from your spouse? But then you go to that person face to face. I've talked bad about you. I threw you under the bus to the boss, my coworker. But then you go to that person face to face. And you try to have a conversation with them, what immediately happens? It just feels off, right? There's this all feeling like, oh Lord, did they know I talked to the boss and told the boss that what they did or didn't do? I would never hide anything from you. But just for example, just an example's sake, if you go to your spouse and, and you've, you've hid something from them or you did something, you're hiding, you don't want them to know about it, there's, an, there's a guilt and there's a shame, right? You lack the confidence to be in that person's presence at that point. Because all you can think about is, man, do they know what I've said or what I've done? And so the whole time this person's talking to you, the whole time they are, they're speaking to you and you're having a conversation, but you never once hear what they say, you never once receive what they say. That is the same way it is with God. When you do not understand that you are righteous in front of him, then what do you do? You come into his presence with all sorts of guilt, with all sorts of shame, which by the way, that's on the cross and under the blood as well. Praise the Lord. He bore our shame. He said, you're not even allowed to feel guilty. Yeah, I know it was was your sin that was on me as I went before the Father and I passed before the Father and he Deemed me unrecognizable. He didn't even know I was his son. Yeah, that was your sin. But you know what? I'm not even going to let you feel bad about it. I'm not even going to let you feel guilty about it. Why? Because you can't. Because it steals your confidence. It takes away your confidence when you get before God to be able to receive anything from God. And that's exactly how it is. That example I just gave. That is exactly what happens. You come before God, even though he sees all and knows all. He knows what you've been doing. So First John tells you to confess your sin. He'll for you. He's, he's just to forgive you, right? So if you do sin, just go before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I turn from that. But I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. Now I'm righteous. So now I can come before you. There's no hindrance. There's no attack of the enemy because that's what the enemy does. And that's why he tries to steal. He's a thief. You know that, right? Still kill, and destroy. That's what he comes to do. He comes to steal. But he comes to deceive you. And he doesn't want you to know the love of God. And he doesn't want you to know that you are a righteous being in front of the Lord Almighty. Because it steals your confidence. You will never fully operate in faith if you do not understand the love of God and that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You will never fully operate in faith. faith, you will not get to the limits of faith. Let's let's put it that way. Where faith can take you, you will never get there if you do not understand the righteousness of God that you are now standing in. I'll say that over here. You will never fulfill everything in faith. You will never get there if you do not have a revelation of your righteousness in Christ Jesus. You'll never get there. The just shall live by faith. Well, let me see where I'm at with my outline. You know, I make these outlines, and then I go way off somewhere. Thank you, Lord. I I praise the Lord, though, because I know he's taking me where we need to go this morning. Praise the Lord. So let's talk about the covenant of the righteous, because that's truly why I came here. Y'all give me about five more minutes. (laughs) Some of y'all ain't happy about that, are you? You know, about two years ago, the Lord had me study out how he treats righteous men. Yeah, I me mean, study out. I looked at almost every single scripture that had the word righteous in it or had righteousness in it uh, using uh, concordance. Because um, I wanted to know, Lord, how do you treat a righteous man? Because that's who we are. In Christ Jesus, we're righteous. So how do you treat us, Lord? So I cherry-picked some of my favorites from two years ago when I wrote all these down. And so I thought I would share to them. Because I, 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 want, I want your faith to be increased this morning. I want you to know right where you sit this morning that the Lord sees a righteous creature. He he says, come on, I'm Abba Father. I want you to come sit on my lap this morning. And we're going to a place this morning. After I I get done with this, we're going to go to a place. But it's so important for us to, to grasp that this morning. I don't want you to leave this place without the revelation of your righteousness in Christ. It is key. It is essential, and it has to be understood for you to walk out your full calling. So, the covenant of the righteous. Uh, let's start in Numbers twenty-three. Uh, Derek referenced this when he was uh, speaking on Wednesday night. Uh, but you have uh, a prophet, Balaam, and you have King Balak. And the king comes to the prophet, and he says, I want you to go to your God. I want you to go to the Lord, and I want you to get him to curse Jacob in the nation of Israel. I want you to to go to him and get him to curse. So Balaam goes to the Lord the first time, and he comes back to Balak, and he tells him what the The Lord says, and so verse 8 shows us, it says, How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord hath not defied? And King Balak says, no, 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 no. I don't like that answer. I don't like it. You need to go back to your God. You need to seek him again, and he needs to curse Jacob and the people of Israel. And so then you'll see, Balaam comes down a second time, and I'm going to go to verse 20, and I'm using Amplified. It's not Amplified Classic, but I'm using Amplified because I think it makes it a little bit more plain. It says, Behold, I have received his command to bless Israel. Balaam's saying, I've received a command to bless Israel. I can't do what you want me to do, king. It's impossible because the Lord is saying, I have to bless Israel It says, He has blessed. The Lord has blessed and cannot reverse it. God has not observed wickedness in Jacob for he is forgiveness. That sounds a lot like righteousness, doesn't it? Nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord their God is with Israel and the shout of their king is among the people. You see... Righteous men walk in blessing. Righteous men can't even be cursed. The Lord has commanded a blessing upon the righteous, He has commanded a blessing upon the righteous. So as you sit here righteous this morning, know that the Lord has commanded his blessing. Go read Deuteronomy 28. He has commanded his blessing upon you, and there is not a man in this world that can curse you. And then if they do curse you, go back to watch Wednesday night's uh, Hour of Power, and Derek's going to tell you exactly what you do when they do curse you. Good word, brother. It was really good. But you have a blessing. The blessing of the Lord is commanded upon you when you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't have to turn here. I just jotted a couple others down. Job 4.7, the righteous are never cut off or destroyed. Job 23.7, I'm going to say something here. It's going, to, it's going to lock in here in a second. You guys are going to get excited about it. This is good news. I feel like I'm preaching to myself right now, but y'all are going to get it. Y'all gonna get it by faith. Praise the Lord. Job four seven: The righteous are never cut off or destroyed. Job twenty three seven: The righteous can reason with God. They can talk to Him as a best friend. That's the privilege of the righteous. Proverbs two seven. Let's turn to that one. Proverbs two seven says, "He layeth up sound." wisdom for the righteous he is a buckler to them that walk up rightly that word sound wisdom means you have substantial skill and again it's a gift it says it's laid up right so our job is to go seek and find it as righteous men he allows us to do that he empowers us to do that we have to go seek and find it, because he's already laid it up for the righteous. He didn't lay it up for the wicked. He did not lay it up for the wicked. He laid it up for the righteous man, and the righteous man has to go seek and find it, and you will find it as a righteous man. And then buckler and shield, you have protection as the righteous. You can believe protection from the Lord Almighty. That means wherever you walk, you do not fear calamity. You do not fear disaster because I am walking with the Lord. And then we have our helper, Holy Spirit, who, if you don't need to be walking that way, he's going to tell you, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that. Don't go that way. Nope, Uh uh-uh, don't go there today. Oh, I know you've you've been planning to go there. I know you've paid a lot of money to go there. But I'm telling you right now, you don't need to go. You don't need to go right now. I'm telling you, so don't override that. By the way, but you have protection in the Lord. Ninety-first Psalm, it's one of my favorite. Read it all the time. Praise the Lord. There is protection in the God, in God for the righteous. Proverbs three thirty-two. That's just a couple of pages over. Let's go. Let's go read. Let's read that one. It says, "For the forward is an abomination to the Lord." But his secret is with the righteous. That word secret, secret is translated in the Hebrew as counsel. And this word in the Hebrew holds a lot of meanings. It means his counsel is mine. His, uh, the other meanings of this word is circle, company, consultation, counsel, fellowship, friendship, gathering, intimacy, plans, secrets, secret counsel. That's all ours. As righteous men and women, we have his circle. We have his company. We have intimacy. You have intimacy with the Lord God Almighty. As a righteous man or woman in Christ, you have intimacy with God. You can go, you can get his counsel. Who wants the counsel of God? I don't seek the wisdom of men. I seek the counsel of God. And when I know my righteousness stature, when I know that he sees me in Christ Jesus, and I can go boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy when I need it, and obtain his counsel, I can obtain his wisdom, Shoo! why am I looking anywhere else? I am a righteous man. Jesus made me that way. I'm going to see my daddy today because I know he has the answer to this problem. I know he has the answer to this situation. I've looked everywhere else there is to look. Why did I do that? I just go to my daddy. I'm preaching to myself right now. That's good. I'm preaching to myself. There's so many times that I will look around everywhere else. I will ask advice from all sorts of people. i come, and don't get me wrong, iron sharpens iron. It's good to surround yourself with with like-minded believers, and they can give great counsel. But, man, would I rather have the counsel of God Almighty, who knows all, sees all. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 3 and 33, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read a couple more things off to you. The righteous house is blessed your family is blessed your house and your family is blessed as the righteousness of god in christ jesus your family's blessed man honor and able better be thankful they, they, they were born to us babe but your kids seriously your kids should be thankful lord thank you that you brought me into this family thank you there's another word that says they're mighty upon this earth. The seed of the righteous is mighty upon this earth. Your family is blessed this morning. Your righteousness determines that your family is blessed. The blessing of God Almighty. Whew, I'm about to preach myself happy. Proverbs 15, 19. Let's turn to that one. Hang on, in Proverbs today. Fifteen verse nineteen says, "The way of the slothful man, the way of the slothful man is a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain." You on the expressway when you are a righteous man. You on the highway when you are a righteous man. You know I love that we sing the the highway to heaven. I just imagine my head, you know. I, I was born in '79, so I know there was an ACDC song named Highway to Hell, and I just, I just think, well, we, that song was written, I'm on a highway to heaven, I'm not on a highway to hell. But the righteous man is on a highway, there is no crookedness or windiness. If you see crookedness, in your path I present to you don't stand for it don't stand for it I'm reading you promises of the righteous right now if you're in Christ Jesus this morning you are the righteous I know it rains on the just and the unjust I know that's the word I understand that word there's a wise God that I just read to you that you can seek his counsel. So if you start seeing that road wind up, you start seeing that it gets crooked. I know his word says that he makes our pathway straight. He makes our pathway straight. So go back to God. Go back to God. Okay, Lord, I see some windiness. I don't, I don't, I don't really want to take that way. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to seek you because I know your way is the highway. Praise the Lord. Job 36 and 7, God never takes his eyes off the righteous. <laughs> he never takes his eyes off of us. He sees you. You know, the Lord, the Lord came upon me uh, Wednesday night, and I just remember that's all, that's all I could hear in my spirit is the Lord sees you. He wanted somebody to know that. The Lord sees you. The Lord sees us. He never takes his eyes off of us. Off of us. He never sleeps or slumbers. So his eyes are always on you. He doesn't even close his eyes. I'm going to present to you, I don't even think he blinks. His eyes are always on us. According to that word, he can't even blink because his eyes are always. Not for a split second, can he blink and take his eyes off of us? So his eyes are always on us as righteous men and women. Psalm 11 and 7, the righteous man sees his face. The face of God do you remember Moses the Lord said I can't even show you my face Moses I'll let you see my backside because you can't handle it righteous man and woman is that your state is that your state to only be able to see his backside you see his face Man. and when you seek his face when you seek his face his hand is always open praise the lord psalm 5 and 12 his favor surrounds the righteous as a shield his favor you know sister tammy and i were talking about this i think it was last week and i've got some growing to do with the favor of god and having my faith in the favor of god and she uh she uh, suggested a Jerry Savelle book for me to read. But you know the favor of God? If you struggle with thinking that somebody's always out to get you or thinking that people are trying to do bad to you no matter what, like you go places and you, just, you feel like somebody's trying to hoodoo you or rip you off, the favor of God says otherwise. Men will do unto you the best things, and they don't even know why they're doing them. That's the favor of God. That's the favor of God. I have favor with God and I have favor with man. But his favor surrounds the righteous as a shield. Psalm 92 and 12. And I'm going to read that to you. You can turn there if you want to, but I'll just read it to you. It says, the righteous flourish. They break forth. They spring up. They bud. They also grow like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. You know, I wanted to study out. I'm like, Lord, those are trees. I don't, know. I don't know what kind of trees those are or what that means. So I found it really interesting that the cedar is known for its tenacity of its roots. Its roots go very deep and grow very, very strong. So we grow like the cedar in the Lord. And then it says the cedars of Lebanon are royal amongst the trees. Did you know your royalty this morning? Righteous people of God? A holy nation? Peculiar people? We're a little strange. Yeah, we are, God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Especially those of us that run around here and jump around. Praise the Lord. I just wanted to speak to your faith this morning. You are righteousness. You are the righteousness. Righteousness. In Christ Jesus. I know you're like Matt. You have said that probably 200 times this morning. I was sent here. To get that down in us. I was sent here. To get that down. In every single heart. And it's not me. It's the Lord. I know that. To understand that we are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. That we can boldly come before the throne of grace. Why? Why is this so important? I don't come to church to check a box. And I hope y'all don't either. I don't come to church to check a box. I come because, number one, he told us that we're not forsaken the assembly. So we're, we're directed to come. We're commanded to come, so I'm not going to disobey the Lord. But I don't come just to salve my conscience, just say, oh, I did a good deed. No, I come because I know the price that was paid for me to come in this place and be here. I know the price is paid. It's not just about coming in here either. It's the price that was paid so I can go into my prayer calls and lay down in front of a holy God to have his counsel, to have his wisdom, to have his protection, to have all that he provided to me, When I received the call on my life, the Lord spoke to me through Isaiah 61. I'm not going to recite it to you because I'm running out of time. But go back and read Isaiah 61 if that interests you. But the Lord spoke that to me. I was in tongues one morning, and I knew the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me. And I know Jesus spoke this. But in that moment, that was a word for me to know. There was a call on my life. And from that moment on, I said, Jesus, I just want them to know who you truly are. Man has messed this up. Some bad theology has messed this up. And Lord, I want them to truly know who you are and what you are all about. Righteousness is a part of that message. Righteousness is a part of that message. It is the full gospel. It is the full gospel. And so I come to church, and y'all have heard me for probably the last couple of weeks. And Brother Doug, I I latched on to something that you said Wednesday night, and it was just talking about seeing the revival of old times, seeing the pour-outs that they used to see. And the Lord's pouring out right now. We are in the end times. He is pouring out his spirit. He is pouring it out like the world has never seen before. So I'm going to challenge you this morning on what you're feeding on, what you're looking at, because there's so much to distract you, to take you away from, not to realize that there is more light coming out right now than there is darkness. Even though every time we watch the TV, all you see is darkness. Every time you look at your phone, you look at the news, all you see is darkness. There is more light in this moment of time being poured out. His spirit is being poured out without measure on his sons and daughters. He is pouring out. But you've heard me say this before. He does not give pearls to swine. He does not pour out where it is not appreciated, where it is not anticipated, where it is not welcomed, where it is not honored. I want revival, Freedom Word Church. I want revival. But I can only come in this place expecting revival if I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know He loves me. I can only come before a holy God and say, God, pour yourself out if I know that he has made me, justified me to stand in that place. And that's what Jesus did. He paid a high price. I was going to read Isaiah 53, but I'm not. But I challenge you. Go read Isaiah 53. I read it quite often. That's the price he paid. Read every moment in Isaiah 53. And then Isaiah 52 and I think 14, I've already quoted it today. He was marred more than any man. He was unrecognizable as a man. The highest price was paid for this righteousness. He went before a holy father. The spotless lamb of God went before a holy father. And the father says, I don't know him. The spotless lamb of God. Because what happened in the natural was just a picture of what happened in the spirit. Jesus went before the Father, marred more than any man, unrecognizable. He was not unrecognizable. Why? Because the Lord saw us. The Lord saw us. He saw us in that moment our sin, our evil deeds our lying tongues, our murders, our thieves were all laid upon Christ Jesus. So in that moment, the father did not recognize his only son. And that's why Jesus hung on a cross and said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There's some theologians that don't like what I'm saying right now. They don't like what I'm saying right now. But you go back and read the word. It's in the word. It's there and it's true. And then he went down to hell. But you know what he did in hell? He made a public spectacle of Satan and all his cohorts. And he grabbed the keys. Death, hell, and the grave. And he turned them over to us. There was a high price paid. And that just keeps coming out in my spirit. I know I've said it here at this platform a lot. I just want to challenge us. Don't let church just check a box for you this morning. Don't let it check a box for you this morning. Come knowing you are the righteousness of God. He gave you his best. He sacrificed it all and gave his all. So every time we come in this building, we should be giving our all. But then at the same time, knowing that we stand righteousness to receive everything that he has for us revival is coming freedom word church revival is coming revival is here pour out is here are you ready are you ready when you come in this building are you ready does your praise and your worship how you interact here does it show that you are ready for a move of god I have never been more expectant. I have never been in more anticipation to say, Lord, move amongst your people. Pour out in this place. The world needs this. That's what's attractive. I know people look at us. The world looks at us like, man, why are they jumping around? Why are they so crazy? Why are they so crazy? It's because we know what the Lord did know what the Lord accomplished. You know, we overcome by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. (laughs) There's many names that the accuser of the brethren has tried to call me. Liar, alcoholic, alcoholic, Painkiller abuser, prescription painkiller abuser, pornographer. That's who I was. That's who I was. The Lord saw me. He took me there. He took me there to the cross. And He says, That's who you were, Matt. But now you are in Christ Jesus and you are the righteousness of God. Don't let a fault, don't let the accuser bring faults and accuse you. If you are in Christ Jesus this morning, if you have been washed by the blood of the Lamb this morning, don't let there be condemnation. Because there's not. There's not. He took us there with him. He took us there with him, church. And then he raised us up to life with him. For our justification. For our righteousness. And for his glory. His glory. Praise the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I know I've talked about the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But you might come this morning and say, Matt, I'm not even in Christ Jesus this morning. And I want to be a new creature. I want to come before a holy God without sin. I want the ability to do that. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're sitting in here, will you just raise your hand? If you've never received him, and you would like to receive him this morning, would you raise your hand? Okay. Then I am believing that we are all good in this building. If you're sitting at home, and you're watching this, and you say, Matt, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. Will you pray this prayer with me in congregation? I'm going to ask you to pray it with me as well. And you just say, Father God, I come to you today acknowledging that I am a sinner. And I believe that Jesus Christ has bore my sin. So I repent today. I turn away from my sin. And I declare now that Jesus Christ is Lord. I declare that I'm a new creature. And now I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I praise you today, Lord. If you prayed that prayer, you are a new creation. And I'm believing that there's somebody out there that prayed that prayer. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God, Freedom Word Church. I'm long-winded. I apologize. I know. Some of of y'all look like you glazed over. So I appreciate you guys allowing me to stand before you. I appreciate that you came with your listening ears. I appreciate all the encouragement that you have given me. Thank you. But I am believing every time we come in this building, I encourage you. Bring your faith with you. Bring your faith with you. Believe for a revival. Believe for a pour out of God. Every single time you come in this building, Father, we love you today. Lord, we glorify you. Jesus, you are magnified. Jesus, you are glorified. You are Lord and Savior. And Lord, we thank you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, Father, as we go out today, Lord, we and we thank you for opportunities, Lord to give you glory, Father, to lay hands on the sick, Lord, to lead somebody into salvation, Lord. Lord, we're and we see it right now, Father, with our faith eyes. So we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' mighty name, we go boldly. Amen, amen, amen. We've got prayer school Tuesday at 11, and we got the Hour of Power Wednesday night at 7 p.m., and Brother Kevin Smith's going to be ministering. Praise the Lord.